Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. Let me read that one more time. Mark chapter 5 and verse 27. But when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. And we're talking about today a very common or very familiar scripture about a woman who faced a medical condition. And the Bible talks about it as an issue of blood, which means that a certain time uh, when a woman becomes a, a full woman every once a month, there's something called a monthly where you will lose some blood and it's part of the reproductive cycle. Well, this woman's cycle never turned off. So she was constantly losing blood and it would make her weak. And uh, the Bible said she spent all her money on physicians. And it, did, it said she didn't grow any better. She didn't stay the same, but she grew worse. So her condition was worsening and she had tried all of her options. So she was in, to put it in mildly, she was in a real pickle. Have you ever been that where you're struggling with something? This guy, uh, so this guy, Obi-Wan, you heard of him, right? He said to Luke, Obi-Wan said to Luke when he saw Luke, Luke was struggling to eat with chopsticks, right? So Obi-Wan gave him some advice and he said, use the fork, Luke. But you know, that's exactly when we get into a struggle. We need someone to give us some advice on how to get over our struggles. I would like to preach on the thought of a message this morning, keeping it real. Or a reality in God. Keeping it real. Or a reality in God. You know that the first thing that we face is we face real struggles. And you know when you're going through something, it's not something that's exciting at the moment. But real struggles are the start of a reality in God. So if you've heard of the word real, right? Like that means actual. Like if you bought a house, you know that it's called real estate because it's an actual thing you can touch it and you know that uh so a preacher new houses are a, a real thing i know but they come with real problems <laughs> we had a, a gentleman that he, he bought a brand new house so new houses have no problems <laughs> you've never owned a new house i mean brand new house first one to move in and his uh laundry room flooded so why did it flood because the plumbers forgot to take out the little plug in the drain in his little laundry room area. And so he, well, thank God it was under warranty, right? But there's struggles in every life. There's struggles no matter what we go through. We find that this certain woman, it was a real person. And I like how they put a certain woman, but they don't put her name. But you know that God sometimes, I believe, leaves the name out so that we can put ourselves in that situation. Really? So we can say, you know what? That could be me. That could be me. I faced some stuff and... Uh, and it said she had an issue of blood, not one year, not two years, not five years, not 10 years, 12 years. And so we're reading it from the perspective where it was fixed, right? But if you've gone through something for 12 years, have you ever faced something for 12 years? Yes, my child, I can't stand it, right? But, <laughs> but you face something for 12 years and that means you just kind of, can say, this is just going to be this way for the rest of my life. 
You know that a lot of people, they get resigned to things or they accept that condition. But you know what? In Christ, I don't believe you have to settle for something. You know, that, that's what they say, well, I, this is the way that it's going to be. My job's going to be this way. My marriage is going to be this way. My condition's going to be this way. Now, I remember living in a pretty humble house, right? My wife and I stayed in a one-bedroom house and uh, one bathroom that you'd have to walk through the bedroom to get to the bathroom. So you'd have to, like, see the whole house when you went to the bathroom. I mean, it wasn't very big. And I said, well, preacher, but your house isn't you, right? I know that, but you know that it was a kind of a... Uh, not a very good neighborhood. And so, oh, preacher, what did you say about that? Well, you see, I lived there, but I didn't claim that that was me. And I didn't claim that that was going to be the way that it always was. And we didn't live there for 12 years, but we did live there for about 10 years, right? And you'd see like the prostitute on the streets. You're like, hey, how you doing? I didn't know her because of business obligations. She was just one person that walked down the street. But you know that I'm thankful that our situation changed. <laughs> but you know that just because it goes on for a long time, you face a preacher, I face a struggle. Let me tell you that although you might be going through something, let's not settle and say that that's the way it's going to be. You know that we have real struggles, but I'm thankful that the Bible says, when she heard of Jesus, she heard of Jesus. I was looking... Uh, at YouTube the other day, and I saw this thing come up, and it was it said Mayday, Mayday, and it was a jet, a picture of a jet, and it had to return to land as quickly as possible. And I thought, well, that's pretty cool. And then I said, you know what? I didn't click on the video, but I thought, Mayday, Mayday. I said, where does that come from? So I looked the word up, but it comes from the French. You, you probably already know that, right? Venez-m'aider, which means come and help me. A-I-D, like first aid. And uh, that's at least one of the histories of the word. So when they say mayday, it's French for come and help me. Come and help me. Come and help me. And I began to think, you know, that that's exactly what the, the airline does. When things are falling apart, they say, help! And the, Bi the Bible says, what does a plane do? They call what? They call the tower, right? They don't call their fellow pilot. They don't call their house. They call the control tower. And I, I was thinking about the word of God. And I said, you know, that's kind of like a Christian. When you face something, it said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the, that's a shield and the horn of my salvation and what? My high tower. Jesus is like the control tower. And then the psalm said, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Say, I'm going to make a call. You know that when Peter was sinking in the water, he had walked on water for a little while and he got his eyes off who? He got his eyes off Jesus. And he began to sink. And the Bible said that he cried, Lord, save me. And that's exactly what we need to do when we get into a struggle. But it's interesting. It was a real struggle. But what she needed to hear about was a real Jesus. And you know, this morning, I'm not talking about a church Jesus or a Sunday Jesus, but a real God who can meet you in any struggle that you're going through. The Bible said he was just walking down the street and she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. She said, I'm moving in. It seems like a football illustration. She had to get through the press, which means this throng of people. So a preacher, if she lost blood, wasn't she weak? Yes. Was she 
Was she poor? I like this. You know, I've been without money before, but poor is an attitude. Broke is a financial situation, right? It's like too broke to pay attention, right? I've been there. But you know what? She realized that there was a God. I was buying ice this morning. And you know this thing called inflation? So ice was two bucks and then it was 225. So I had $2.25 to buy ice. Exactly. And I got to the machine. I'm like, no, really? 250. I mean, that's exactly what happens in inflation. So I was like, no problem, no problem. I got another quarter in here. Nope, no more, no other quarter. No problem. It's under my seat, right? So I looked under my seat, found some trash, a pen, a penny. Oh, under my wife's seat. What I find there? A grape. No, it wasn't even edible, so I threw the grape out. And so I was like, well, it's my fault for keeping the car kind of clean. But anyway, so I said, you know. I said, God, I looked around on the ground. I said, God, could I have a quarter? I said, preacher, but God doesn't do stuff like that. And I looked around and I looked around, looked on the ground. And, you know, the homeless guys got there before me and it was nice, clean ground, you know, <laughs> no, no quarters. And then I you ever seen that far side comic of Superman where he's in the phone booth and he's changing, you know, into his super garment and he's checking the change like the where the change comes out of the phone to see if there's any spare change in there. That's exactly what I did. I put, and I asked God for a quarter. This is just a, an hour ago. I said, preacher, did you have other means? I did. I got a credit card, a debit card, but I didn't want to spend that because then it hangs out in cyberspace. So I just asked God for a quarter. I put my hand in there. There was nothing. And then I put my hand up and there was a nice, cold, air-conditioned quarter. <laughs> pulled right out of there. And he said, a preacher was just a quarter. It's more than a quarter. It's God answering a prayer. It's a reality. Say, preacher, where's that ice? It's cooling down the sodas and the ice water so we can enjoy them. Actually, brother brought two 12-packs. I don't even know what we're going to do with that, but I have extra ice to go in your cup. So, but, but there is a God who is real. The Bible said she heard about a Jesus. And this morning, the real struggles... We need a real God. I don't need a God. I don't need someone to say, bless you. I don't need someone to say, you know, maybe God can do something. I need a God who can do a specific work in my life. I need a God who can meet a need that I couldn't figure out on my own. That's the Jesus that we're talking about. When Jesus went to the cross, he paid a debt that man could not pay. Because you see, Jesus, when he was born of a virgin... And this is the real reason Jesus went to the cross. He paid a debt for sin that we could not pay because the sin nature was passed on us from a man called Adam. Not me. It's not my fault, right? But there's a real God that went to a cross and he, he shed blood. He had not sinned one time. And he was able to pay in full the debt that Adam incurred. And with that precious blood, we can be made clean. With that precious blood, we can be forgiven of sin. And you know that a real God makes a difference in lives. I, I like to bless my daughter when she goes to school. That means I put my hand on her head and pronounce over her what I want her to think about and engage in when she's in class. She goes to a public school. God bless her, right? But anyway, you know what my daughter does? She goes, Daddy, I want to bless you. Now, this is with kids walking by and everything, so... She puts her hand on my head. <laughs> she goes, God, this happened like Friday. God, God bless daddy, make him less grumpy. 
I'm like, oh man. You know, you know when you're going through something, the real you comes out, doesn't it? You can say, oh, bless you, bless you at church. But you know, the real you, the kids see the real you. She didn't say, bless daddy, he's so awesome. She said, make daddy less grumpy, God. You know that I'm thankful and you know that, you know, when things begin to come out, when we go through real things, you know, everybody sees that. But you say, oh, preacher, my struggles are real. Yes, our struggles are real. But isn't God real? You know, as a Christian, we go through real struggles, but can't we come to a real God? I need nothing less than a real Jesus for real struggles. And I'm thankful that uh, I got invited to church and there was a real God for my real struggles that I came to a place where I knew that Jesus Christ could do something in every situation. You know that I'm thankful that the Bible said she didn't stop when she heard about Jesus. She took action. She took action. She said, well, you know what, God? If there's a real promise, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do something about it. You know that there's promises in God. I remember reading an illustration. It's just an illustration. It was up in heaven. And this person had come to heaven. They don't actually meet St. Peter, but that's exactly what, you know, the illustration. Met St. Peter, and he's taking him on a tour of heaven. And there's this room. And the guy's like, what's in here? And the door's shut, right? And St. Peter said, let me show you. So he takes his key and he opens it up and he opens it up and it's just full of all these treasures and blessings and different things. And the new arrival in heaven said, what's all this? And he said, these are all the prayers and blessings that were for people down on earth, but they never prayed to get them. You know, there's a lot of unclaimed blessings in Jesus Christ. There's a lot of unclaimed claimed victory in Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, it's big or small, but there's a lot of unclaimed quarters in Jesus Christ. You can say where it's big or where it's small. You say, well, preacher, are you being less grumpy? You know what? I'm aware that my daughter is watching my life. I'm aware that you are watching my life. I'm aware that God needs to be a real God out in the public. There was a story of this preacher and, uh, he was in this parking lot where nobody was there, right? Like, except one car, right? And he was eating his fast food or something. And you know when you open your window, you open your door, and the, the napkin blows out? <laughs> and this is a well-known preacher. You'd know his name if I said it. And so he's like, man, I don't want to go. Because you know when you get close to the napkin, it blows away farther? And then, you know that? That's like a dirty joke, right? But, and uh, so he's like, I don't want to go get this napkin. He said, but, you know, I... I better, you know, because that's who I am. I'm, I'm honest. I'm a Christian. So he gets out of his car, chases the napkin down. And he said, this other car, it rolls up and the window comes down. And the person in the car said, we knew who you were. We recognized you. We were waiting to see what you were going to do when that napkin came out of your car. You know, there's people that are watching our life. And when they're watching our life to see, is their God a real God? Is there God a delivering God? Is there a God, there's a God that can change lives? Let me tell you, He can and He will. You see, because the Bible said that this woman in a heart of faith, and that's what we got to do is just really trust God. So God, I believe you for something big. God is honored that we would trust Him for something big. Say, so, oh, preacher, I need a miracle. You know that God, He still does miracles. God, he still, he still answers big prayers. 
and that God can change us from darkness to light. He can change us from, from out of the, the family of God and adopt us into the family of God. God can do things instantaneously. We just have to pray in faith. She came and she said, when I touch the hem of his garment, I'm just going to be made whole. Just like that. And she came in the press through all the people pushing, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me. Isn't that what we did, Brother Spencer? We were in church and uh, say, brother, you want to pray for the baptism of the Holy Ghost? He goes, okay. And you got to understand, everyone was praying and shouting and there's like a five, six, seven hundred people there. And so I grab brother and I use him as a battering ram. And I'm like, that's not right, is it? Sure enough, we did it. I'm like, excuse me, press. And these people had gained their place, right? Because they got out of their the seat and they had filled the aisles all the way up to the altars. And so I just used brother Spencer battering ram. And I'm just like, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me. And we got all the way up to the front, right? But you know that I'm thankful that Jesus Christ, we just sometimes got to not be nice and got to just be that person that needs something. I said, I'm going to get all the way up to the front. Someone may not like it, but I need something from Jesus. And, the, and, and brother, you get the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Yes, sir. Praise God. You got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But you know that there's other people. They got all the way to where they needed to be. And the last thing that I'd like to share is there are real results. Real results. She felt in her body, the Bible said, that she had been healed. When I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I was in the military, and I prayed. Well, first I lied. You ever lied to a preacher before? That was my first church service. Preacher goes, are you a Christian? I said, yes. Lie! You know, like when people come out of the bathroom in a public restroom, shouldn't there be like a big buzzer that says, did not wash hands? You know, just like, eh, eh, eh. I mean, that's what I felt like. I was like, he's like, Adam. Are you a Christian? Yes, yes. Lie. I mean, that's what I, the Holy Ghost was like. You are not a Christian. I knew I wasn't a Christian. I wasn't trying to compete with Ozzy Osbourne, okay? I wasn't biting heads off bats or anything. I think he actually did that. But uh, I wasn't a Christian. And so he said, well, if you, if you died right now, would you, would you go to heaven? And I was like, ooh, another question. So... I had already lied once, so I was done with that. So I thought I'd just be quiet, right? Just like, shut up, and the preacher will leave me alone. And uh, he said, well, if you, uh, would you like to pray and make sure? And I said, yes. I'd like to pray and make sure. And when I came out of that church, I don't remember, I don't remember the name of the message. I don't remember anything else. But you know what? I prayed and made sure. And I remember I was in the military, but I went back to my barracks room, and I began to clean up my barracks room. Nobody told me what to do. I didn't ask the preacher, but there was a result. I was a new creature and I was bringing my new identity back to the barracks. So preacher, have you ever, does God really do stuff like that? Yes. God heals. God changes. He's real. Have you ever heard of a vicious cycle? A vicious cycle is when it's like a negative chain of events, right? It's like, I feel rotten. So I drink a beer, and then 12 beers, and then what happens? I feel rotten. So I drink a beer, or 12 beers, and it continues like negative to negative, right? And he said, a preacher is life, life can be like that, sin can be like that. 
But you know, there's a vicious cycle. Do you know there's such thing called a virtuous cycle? Have you ever heard of that? That's when you do something good and it makes you feel good. And you do another good thing and what happens? It makes you feel good. And you get in this cycle of feeling pretty good. So preacher, is Christianity like that? It definitely is like that. But struggle is part of it. You have to deal with that. And we have to have the perspective that, you know what? A struggle is not going to take me down. A struggle is just going to get me to touch Jesus. And every time I face something, I'm going to touch Jesus. And every time that I go through something, I'm going to pray. And God's going to hear my prayer. God's going to answer my prayer. And God's going to deliver me. What is it? And then I'm going to tell everybody that Jesus can do something. I don't know that this is the case, right? But the Bible said that right before this woman came to Jesus, it's in a different gospel. It's in the gospel of Luke chapter eight. There was this crazy man. He was naked and crazy and cutting himself in the tombs. He was possessed of a devil, uh, thousands of devils called legion. And the Bible said when he came to Jesus, Jesus cast out those demons and they went into this big herd of pigs. And the pigs all committed suicide off the cliff. And then this man was found sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And he said, hey, Jesus, I want to go with you. And Jesus said, nope, I got a job for you. You know, Christian, God's got a job for you if he does something in your life. He said, go home to your family. And he said... Return to thine own house and show how great things God hath done unto thee. And he went his way and published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done unto him. And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, all the people gladly received him. Listen, for they were all waiting for him. And then the Bible says like two verses of scripture down and a woman having an issue of blood 12 years came behind him. And I thought, you know, I wonder if it was this man. It doesn't say, but I wonder if it was this man that had told this woman, that former uh, demoniac, that former possessed man that had told this woman, hey, Jesus can do something for your impossible situation. He, he made me from being crazy and out of control into a new person. You know, God can do that. And so she heard that Jesus could work, if that's the way that happened, in an impossible situation. Because you see, for with God, all things are possible. And I've got one more thing, and then we're going to ask to see if, if maybe this Jesus could do something in your life to keep it real my wife and I go to a thrift store called Teen Challenge. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. But you know, it's more than a thrift store. You see people in there and some of them look kind of rough. And I'm not saying that to be mean. I mean, they look like, you know, someone you might not want to meet in a dark alley somewhere. But you look at them a little bit closer and they've got this joy of the Lord. It's just beaming. I mean, you're like, that doesn't match. You look rough on the outside, but sweet on the inside, right? It's because Teen Challenge is a substance abuse program, but it's Christian-based. And it was started by a preacher named David Wilkerson when he reached these gangs in New York City back in the 60s. And he established this thing called Teen Challenge. And so these people come out of heroin and crack and, 
And you know what program they go on? The Holy Ghost. That's their program is the Spirit of God. And you know what they're taught? You need to reject your old identity. You know, God's given a lot. God gets given us a new identity. But some of us here, maybe we need to reject our old identity. They're told reject that you're an addict, reject that you're worthless, and accept that new identity in Christ. I'm accepted. I'm loved. I'm cared for. I'm worthy of, of his love. And you know what? Maybe that's what we need to do today. Say, wait a second. I need to reject these old labels that the world has put on me or that maybe I put on myself. And before you find a place to pray, I like to buy books. And I get them on a discount. And people put a price tag on there, right? 50 cents. If I'm getting it, it's about 50 cents, right? 10 cents. And I buy these books that you see the list price is like $28.99, right? It's like 50 cents. When I get them home, you know what I do? I rip that price tag off. Because I see the worth in that book is even more than $28.99. One sentence in a book can change your life. You know, one sentence from the word of God can change your life. When you think that God can do the impossible, that can change your life. When you realize that he's already paid for all of your sins, it can change your life. And I take those price tags off. Well, has someone put a price tag on you that says you're discounted, that you're like a throw out, that you're no good? Maybe it's time to take that price tag off and throw it in the trash and say, wait a second. Jesus thought I was worth dying for. I'm not what somebody said I am. I'm what God said I am. And you know that this morning, you can have a reality in God. And he can be real and he can do impossible things. There's real struggles, but there's a real God. And brethren, he can give you real results. He can change everything. With heads bowed and eyes closed, and nobody looking around. These altars are open. You need something from the Lord. Say, preacher, I need a miracle. You need a miracle. His name is Jesus. And all he wants you to do is come and believe him. And the work that he's done on the cross and the blood that he has shed is available for you. And you can stake that vicious cycle and throw it in the trash and start a whole new cycle in your life. I go through something, I pray, God answers. I go through something, I pray, and God answers. I go through something, I pray, and God answers. And I'm going to tell someone else that, hey, this, this, this Jesus thing, it works. It's not an it. It's not a church. It's not a preacher. It's not a Sunday. It's faith in Jesus Christ. He's alive. He's dealing with your heart. Why don't you let him know what you're going through and cry out mayday to him. Lord, come and help me. And he will. Lord, we praise you. God, we preach your word. God, we ask that you have your way in this service. God, break the dam. And Lord, let men and women come and find you and your goodness, God.
like me to pray with you, you come right down to this altar. You can just raise your hand. I'll come to where you are. And let's let God do a miracle in your life this morning. You don't have to accept your reality. You can get a new one. And Jesus will change everything. And he'll start with us. He'll make us a new creature in Christ. And old things are passed away. And behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God. 